0: Well, boys, looks like we started the fun without me. Right. You're all sick. Every last one of
1: you. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger gun.
0: What's the matter? You am scared of things that go boom, boom, boom. Give me one
1: goddamn reason why I shouldn't blow your goddamn brains all over that goddamn wall.
0: My name is Eric, and I am joined today by Michael Castor.
1: Yeah, I'm here. Uh, we're doing a pair of movies that um, that Eric picked. All the credit goes to Eric today. Um, and uh, if you don't like it, fucking go to the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash double feature and pick better movies. That's what you <laughs> That's can do. Uh- <laughs> you can pick better
0: movies or if you don't want to you know, write messages, you could just pick shows to listen to. That's a more passive activity. You just That's a smart move go through that back
1: catalog, you know, program your own playlist of double features. That's good. In a world where this is a show that for some reason you have gone back to listen to and it's like 2031 and somehow we survived everything, <laughs> the pandemic, extreme depression, the water crisis. Capitalism, I got tsunamis please, us, right now. Yeah, all right. Um <laughs> Uh, but uh, it, it the movies which you, I assume, know from the title of the episode. Your bingo board's different than mine, yeah. Mine's like capitalism, gender, you know,
0: <laughs> those are the
1: um, it's uh, we're doing a movie called Cruising with uh, with uh, Roddy Largo, and then we're doing <laughs> a movie called Clute with um, the scariest moment uh, from 70s sci fi. Oh
0: my so, god, that,
1: that's yeah. You know, the
0: people who know, if you're in the know, you're in the know. Isn't that how that phrase goes? Yeah. Not at all. Ick yick. Yeah, I want to do clute first because how can you okay. do this sort of, you know, quasi-Britishly paced movie after cruising, which is just like yep. too much hot leather and cruising to do that movie first. You got you to gotta work up to it, man. How are you? You doing all right? Yeah, I think I'm good. Did I've, you get COVID? Are you, you okay?
1: No, so far so good.
0: The the thing... Um, I think I've gotten COVID like five times in the time that you've got... How
1: many how many COVIDs <laughs> you got in this pandemic? I've, I'm currently at zero that I know of. Oh my of. God, this is ridiculous. But that doesn't mean shit. Maybe I am COVID. Well, um,
0: I'm, just, I'm trying to hang a lantern on this because I think I might sound weird. In my head, I sound mm, very strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I sound any different yeah. on here, but I apologize.
1: Not... Not audiologically. We'll fix this. It'll all get better. (laughs) So, um, it's weird. It's weird coming into Clute. It's weird coming into both of these movies for me right now because I'm on, uh, I do that thing where I like at the end of, at the end of the previous year, which, uh, at the time of recording the previous year is 2021. Who knows what happened? Sure. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, um, so there's like all these lists. This was the best movie. Did you catch that? I bet you didn't realize this came out. This uh, this Sundance movie is finally available on VOD. So I've been every single movie I've watched for the last probably month outside of double feature movies uh, has been um, you know insert title parentheses twenty twenty one. So to watch Clute and Cruising, it it felt like a shock to go oh, back yeah, to a movie yeah. that was, it felt like a period movie um, because I just haven't seen a movie that wasn't set. There wasn't not set, but wasn't um, made last year or for last yeah, year. Right. Um, and so one of the things that I actually never expected, I've never experienced this in my life and I don't, I, I don't know how to really articulate this, but uh it, it was like a massive palette cleanser, like oh, yeah. as, as you know, fans of double feature know, like I only watch movies from the sixties seventies, and eighties. <laughs> I don't watch other movies because I don't like being able to accurately know what color black is. Mm-hmm. I prefer it to look charcoal gray uh-huh. and so to watch to to watch a bunch of contemporary Eastman, movies and then that Eastman yeah, stock, yeah, all film must look like <laughs> Eastman color, that's it. <laughs> So to go back and watch these like wildly rooted movies in the seventies, um, it's it's nuts too because. Both of these movies, they deal with this subject matter that feels like if you were to do it today, it would be this like strong, powerful decision. Let's let's talk about sex work in Mm. an actually adult way, not in like an adult triple X way, but like how two adults in a room may actually have a discussion about sex work and not call it slutty prostitution or whatever. Right, right. And and Clute wants to have that conversation um, so that feels very modern about it, but the haircuts and the the Donald <laughs> Sutherland of it all do not feel modern yeah and so it's uh and both of these movies sort of have that and
0: that makes it feel honest to me yeah, you know' it's you nuts. Know, it feels because it, yeah. it's stumbling a little bit it it seems like um you know this is something that I found with uh a lot of the films of the time where you look back you you pick any topic that is still um I don't know, man, like I see this with queer cinema all the time. You go back through the history of queer cinema and you find the early examples and whether they have their heart in the right place or they are coded a certain way or something's flying under the radar, everything feels like... yeah, I'm not sure how to say it. it. It doesn't feel the way you're used to it being presented, mm-hmm. where it's thoroughly, and this might just be a product of the time, but this sort of like thoroughly thought through, here's our message, every you know message discipline, everything's going to fire on all cylinders, we're pushing this direction, but instead things are a little dirty. You get a little bit of, um, both of these movies today, I think, take a different avenue to uh, what they want to talk about than we would anticipate. And what feels very real to me about these movies is they come from this, almost this sort of counterculture place. Today, it looks very counterculture, but Mm -hmm. no matter what the topic, when I look back through the history of some theme, it seems that the first people talking about that theme were the punks of the time. And cruising feels that way. It feels very much like an outsider group trying to talk about something, or maybe in the case of the movie, even an outside group to that talking about an outside group, you're talking about a scene in that movie. Totally. And in Clute, we see this same kind of outsideriness to it. So
1: yeah, um, we'll start with Clute, I guess. You wanna logline Clute? yeah so um, uh, what is he a a banker who dies at the top of the movie yes can you just clarify that with me he's a banker well he disappears he is a man he vanishes a one percenter vanishes and leaves behind (laughs) leaves behind a tape that says I once fucked this prostitute and uh, when a one percenter blasts off into space without telling anyone his friends (laughs) all create a search party (laughs) Um and so a conspiracy surrounds the sex work of this one part-time hooker mm-hmm. named Bree who uh who ends up helping a a private investigator get to the bottom of the disappearance and you know um, amongst a, a litany of bodies. Yeah, so I man I have trouble even
0: um coming on the show and like looking we do this over FaceTime, right? And I can't look you in the eyes and go, here's what I want to do, right? I want to go, so Michael, this movie Clute, tell me all about Clute. Who is Clute? We know the movie's not about Clute.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know, but it's it's hard for me I, to, I, in to my warm mind, up to that because it's yeah. just so like I don't think we could both keep a straight face.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely um, it was a shock to me watching the movie. So like, you know, I had seen the poster, the criterion sort mm-hmm. of, and it says clute and it's got uh, you know, um, Barbarella, but on Earth, Earth Barbarella. Yeah. And, um, and I'm just sitting, you know, I kind of get the idea, okay, so it's kind of about this sex worker, whatever. And I go, weird, a sex worker named Clute sounds like that couldn't possibly be a sexy person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess I'll see what happens. And I still, like, in my mind, Clute is, is Jane Fonda's character that's why I had in my to, mind that's why it has something
0: to... to do with telephones Okay. because every <laughs> yeah. time I see the poster I'm like oh Clute that's a telephone movie I don't know why the fuck
1: it, it definitely the movie itself gave me so many the conversation vibes oh yeah <laughs> yeah. for that same reason probably
0: a stranger from inside the house that's, that's what, mm-hmm. I, what a stranger calls that's the vibe I'm getting yeah, so we'll talk about Klute for a second, and then why you know you don't really need to talk about Klute for much more than a second, because uh, man, it's Jane Fonda's movie. Mm-hmm. But the movie's called Clute. I can't tell you why it's called Klute, but there is a guy in it. His name's Klute and he is one of the main characters. Oh, I
1: can, I can, I can almost tell you without, I mean, without researching, I can tell you why it's called Clute. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, is because it's because if you're gonna do a franchise, you name it after the detective.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah well, I was got, just thinking, it, you know, the trappings of selling the movie, mm-hmm. getting people to go. Like, No, 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 no. It's it's a
1: dirty Harry. If we're going to do more uh, dirty Harrys, you need to billboard your detective at the top. <laughs> okay, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Kloots is, um, you know, his demeanor is something that I think is really what makes me want to talk about him before we talk about Bree. He is so the opposite of her and it makes the both of them so much better for it. This is somebody, we're introduced to this guy. Here's the one thing I do genuinely love about Clute. Clute's a stoic guy. You know, he's sort of the the darker, more mysterious type, uh, man a few words, whatever. That's all fine. A private detective who doesn't say much and is very stoic is, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, a way you can build this story. But what I love about clute is the way they introduce him speaks to me you know they're sitting down they're talking to I think they're talking to cops and they're going okay well we're going to hand this uh this whole investigation over to this private detective clute he's uh he's got no background in this kind of case uh really no experience and he's completely unqualified and they're like okay so that sounds awful why are you going to hire him and the response is, well, he's interested and he cares. And I was so fucking sold on that notion of like, you guys aren't going to fucking do anything about this. Oh, well, we're just telling some random police officers to go fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's going to work out great. So it's like, well, we've got this one guy over here who just doesn't really know how to do any of this, but he is going to try mm-hmm. and... uh I don't know. There's just so much in the world right now <laughs> where I just feel like you try to get help on something, you hire somebody for a whatever, you um, mm-hmm. you know, you just go to do X, Y, or Z thing, and nobody's really invested in your problem. It's your problem. You have to solve it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, as a person with very little skill myself, that's often very frustrating to me. So the idea that I could just find another party that would be interested. Or, or emotionally invested in any of these things. I'm finding less and less that I want to bring people on because they're qualified, and more just bring them on because emotionally they want
1: the same you know, end goal I do. I mean, that was... If you look at the if you look at the makeup of all the musicians in any band I've been in hell other yeah, than that one yeah. guy other than that one guy who was in the double feature movie they're all bad. <laughs> you know, they all like we all like basically figured out how to make a band out of out of Decent they show up. at best musicians. Sure, yeah. Sure. They showed up. We wanted to do something. Everybody was in it, you know, to a certain degree. You know, they had some skin in the game. They wanted a part of it. Yes. yes. And that is is far and away better than because then because then what? Then you get what exactly what you're talking about. You get hired hands, which sure, they'll come and they'll come and rip it up for 45 minutes on stage with you. And then you pay them and then they leave. Yeah, And they don't give a shit whether or not you you made a splash. Yeah, Yeah, I 100% get it. One other thing, though, that I think is really interesting about Clute and and in the context of this movie, to go back to what you were saying about this sort of counterculturism, is that when you watch this movie in 2022, we are, you and I are, I assume... Again, not in the same room, didn't watch it with you, but in a way, I, it, you watch thousands of movies together, even apart, and you know how the <laughs> other person is watching a movie. It's uh, the reality of uh-huh. our podcast. Uh, you and I are Brie in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. So, so the thing that's interesting about this, and I was thinking about it when I was watching it, I think the average person who goes back and watches Clute, the people who are criterion hounds or who just want to go back and watch- um, Movies about telephones. Important cinema- classic cinema, movies about telephones, any of these people, uh, people from 2022, the counterculture of 2022, the film people, they are all Brie. But I feel like when this movie came out, American society was clute. They were... American society was... I really don't really I don't really understand this whole sex work thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would never, in a million years, pay for intercourse because that would be engaging in in, in sex out of wedlock. Um, but I do care that people are being hurt, uh, and I, I I don't want that to happen. So I feel like. That's one, and I feel like it's the same in the next movie too. I feel like you watch this movie now and you identify with a piece of the movie that the average audience didn't have access to, yeah, and I think the sex work aspect of of the movie I keep wanting to say clute, but now we have to distinguish yeah the yeah. sex work aspect of the movie was extremely taboo and foreign to the average audience, and now it's like we're trying to like get health insurance for prostitutes, sure, so Things things have come so far that the movie actually reads from the back instead of the front, but it doesn't make it any lesser of a film. Aside from the fact that like the language didn't exist, so they couldn't talk about it the way we talk about it now. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. 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 Well, this does build on the back of like we've seen a couple things. I remember when we watched Belle du Jour mm-hmm. or um what was the name of the who was that Fellini movie? Um, Nights of C- Cabiria? Was that the, I always forget how Knights to pronounce it. Nights of Cabriria. <laughs> yeah, <Cabrera>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forget how to pronounce that. Or uh, Viva Savi, the um, Anna Karina movie. You know, I think since the 60s, we've really made some landmark attempts to talk about people who do sex work as human beings Mm -hmm. and it is interesting to see from different countries and in different decades how that is advanced include specifically it comes off to me like a trojan horse and i i think part of that's the script part of it's the intention there but i credit jane fonda a lot with it in this movie i think that She's really good in this. She's really interesting to watch, and she gives a lot to this character that just kind of um I don't know if it helps you understand or just sort of grabs your attention. you know it it humanizes this character that could be kind of plot fodder. Mm-hmm. but it is in the script too, because we do spend so much time hanging out with her. You know, she might not be our p o v exactly for the movie. But just in terms of screen time, you know, she has a lot of life going on outside of our plot, and she is there for the majority of the, the plot itself. So I do, you know, when I think about the Clute thing, I think like, yeah, is there some Trojan horsing going on here? Or were people at the time, you know, where they be signing up for a detective movie and then being shown what the life of... Uh, somebody who has sex for money is like because we spent a lot of time, you know, literally in uh, sitting down with her therapist going, well, why do you do this? Mm -hmm. That's a question for the audience, man. That's a question for like, hey, audience, what would you like to ask this person if you could? If it was under the pretense of you have to solve an important, you know, missing persons case, not because of some strange perversion of, Your own voyeuristic audience, but just be—you know—for for for crime purposes, for Mm -hmm. solving crime, we've all solved many crimes together throughout history. We're just doing that here, and so you're sitting in the office and you're you're going through the stuff that would be interesting to people who don't know anyone in that background, the fucking world's oldest profession, and want to know, like, so why does somebody do that? And even if they don't have an interest in that, maybe even just to illustrate to them this gets a little more like maybe activist mindset but just to fucking show somebody like so why do you think somebody does this what sort of urges outside of just I want to get money what could I do or even the worst urges people might say you know laziness not wanting to be employed not want you know whatever people might throw at somebody who has sex for money and so we hear her go through, really, what does this do emotionally? What is it about this line of work? The same as you could ask anybody for their line of work. Mm-hmm. You could go, oh, why do you? Oh, what do you do for a living? You work at a bank. Oh, is that just for money? Or is there something about that? Like, why did you choose that profession? Mm-hmm. How did you fall into that line of work? What does that do for you? And so her therapist compares it to um, acting, and kind of what she gets out of that, why she keeps going for acting, why it's not satisfying to her and sort of the differences between that. And I think that gives the audience a lot of insight into something that maybe they didn't necessarily sign up to to learn about. One of the reasons that we really know it's her movie is because we end with her and what she's decided to go do and how the, you know, how the movie ends that way you know her choosing to not be with him is very it's like very middle finger to the happy ending for this movie
1: you know it's it's like anti-big film uh ending it's funny because i feel like all of this is sort of when you're watching the movie this is what i this is what I take away from the movie too, all of this conversation, which is really funny to me because it's definitely a movie about a serial killer. Oh, sure. And that just like barely even comes to the surface. You know, it's... It's funny because this movie is so meaty. There's so much to talk about, but the movie, it, it, it like has all of this to say, and it's definitely like bringing these subjects up, but it's also like, and what if the police detective was actually crooked and causing a bunch oh, of hurt? Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's definitely in here too, I guess. It's just not uh, not what I care about.
0: Yeah, you sort of have to be reminded <laughs> that the plot is in fact the plot of the movie and that you're not exactly. following someone yeah. through their like weird career shifts or right. something like that, right? Right.
1: Yeah. That it that it's not like a I know I'm not supposed to talk about him, but it's not like a dark woody allen movie. Yes. <laughs> right. It's like actually it's actually like a crime drama thriller. It's not like a dark woody allen movie where like you have a person just like walking around the New York yeah, it's it's also a movie
0: that I, uh, I kind of forget as a New York movie because it feels so fucking British. Mm-hmm. It has its moments where it feels British, and then it also has its moments where it's like, man, the scene where, um, where they're in the apartment and then someone's on the roof, and that that music with the like uh, sort of choir or the like vocal part kicks in. It's like that, uh, you know, those good old Danny Elfman tunes that we were raised on, the uh, Edward Scissorhands soundtrack. That kind of stuff kicks in. The flashlight down the basement steps. I'm just like, when the fuck did we arrive in a horror movie? I know. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is, you know, the mood of this really hits me. I also think every movie that's ever had that kind of, like, choral arrangement score always feels special to me. It always feels like this is... uh, this is a unique, um, uh, the movies that I always call, you know, something somebody had up in their their dorm room, a poster in a dorm room, a special movie, someone's favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the style and it's the tone, but both of these movies today, it's the fucking acting. It's the Jane Fonda. And it's one of the things that keeps me going back to this generation is there were so many people who were just fascinating to watch. That the way they play characters, you know, a lot of people like they'll look at a plot of a movie and go, oh, this kept me guessing. I didn't know where this movie was gonna go. I couldn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I think as somebody starts watching a lot of movies, that's something, you know, you hear more and more is, uh, oh, this one I didn't know, you know, I've seen so many movies now, I know how movies go. This one I couldn't figure out. And, as I started to learn more and more about actors and pay more attention to acting, this decade or these couple decades kind of uh, you know the acting choices were always like, "Oh, that's a little quizzical or what's she doing in this scene, or even just the the way she chooses to play an emotion or walk or talk it It's maybe a little more subtle to try to point out the specifics for Brie, but this next movie, Cruising, is an Al Pacino movie. I think it's kind of perfect for this because it's not the Al Pacino we're used to seeing. It's a little more dog day afternoon Al Pacino.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was going to say, there's the, Al Pacino is, is definitely one of those actors just like Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken. I think we've talked about this, where they start their career by being an absolute dynamo of a performer. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely in the former part of his career, the, the defining part of his career, right? That's, I guess, how, how you would say it if you had any idea what the fuck you were doing. <sighs> Idiot. Um, <laughs> uh, no one noticed, Michael, you're fine. So this is but a you movie- But you felt uh, that way
0: about him in this movie, right? You were watching this 100%. going like, oh, this is a weird Pacino. What kind of Pacino we got here?
1: Yeah, this is not a dunk Pacino. This okay, is like a you. legit Pacino. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's, uh, it's, it, but, but to go back to what I was saying about Clute 2, like this movie very much feels like it wants to talk about gay culture a lot. There's a lot mm-hmm. to say about gay mm-hmm. culture. Um, but the, the language and the words and the forums do not exist yet for this movie yeah. to have the converse you know what i mean it's it's uh to to go back to a movie from the beginning of of fucking time uh the man from earth mm-hmm. um the beginning where of a movie that came out after this one yeah but before on our show but you know there's that scene in the man from earth where they're like they're like how do you know that you were in africa And he's like, "Well, I obviously didn't at the time, but once, once language (laughs) started to call it Africa, I knew that it was called Africa." This
0: is a reference only I understand, and no one else. But but still, you know, it's it's the the whole thing.
1: It's basically like um, you, you don't realize, fucking Brian Eno didn't know he invented electronica. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Eno just started doing music and then somebody 10 years later called the whole thing electronica. Well, you know you're somewhere
0: interesting and and maybe important in culture when just the name of the people in a movie like this has changed upon every reissue of the film. You know, we try to logline this movie and there's a big part of the movie that's like, what do you call the people that this movie is about Mm -hmm. right so this is another movie where there's a serial killer on the loose so we think
1: oh yeah that's true
0: and he's hunting down who who's he hunting down is he hunting down gay people is he hunting down prostitutes would you say prostitutes is he hunting down people who you know leather enthusiasts I mean I feel like with every release of the I can't even imagine I would be mortified actually to go back to when Cruising came out and look at what they called the people he was killing oh, yeah. at the time. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, because I think time has been more positive to this community that I basically think is like it's the leather scene, you know, it's like the leather club scene. But it's also very, very aware that we are talking about the intersection of prostitution and that it's exclusively gay. I mean there's not a there's not a an outlier anywhere here. So I do remember that the movie was very specific about going hey this doesn't this doesn't represent all gay people. This is a subsect of gay people. But just who's being targeted in this movie seems to change as mm-hmm. you know generations go by and different people pay attention to it we do still see the police versus the sex workers that's still you know right on um, nothing's fucking changed there but uh, alright so if we're gonna logline this what, what would you call this a leather club I guess let's start with there's clubs there's people wearing leather in them is all that all right, right. Are you... I wouldn't
1: call it a leather club I mean I would call it a leather club now well yeah um, I'm trying to find uh, what, what's our language we wanna it's, it's a gay club I mean the thing so okay, so you have a you have a, a an ambitious cop who wants to be a detective, and he's given a shot to go undercover as a gay guy to uh, cruise these gay clubs and try and lure out. A guy who's killing gay people who look exactly like Al Pacino. That's.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's really. We should focus on the sub niche. It's not just gay people. It's not just gay people into leather. It's specifically people who are into Al Pacino lookalikes in leather. Yeah, in gay mm-hmm. scenarios. That's the mm-hmm. overall fetish.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's funny because I thought that that was going to be the plot, and they don't actually call it out but there's the scene at the beginning right where he's like why me and they're like these are the two people he's killed and in my mind I'm like oh no brainer they're Uh, throwing you in because they look like your stunt doubles Uh, yeah yeah and then they're like and then he's like oh okay because they're young and attractive I'm like no you missed the point it's literally pictures of you (laughs) uh, but they just put a funny mustache on yeah yeah so funny so yeah, it's definitely that. That's that's a part of it. And so the thing to go back to what I was saying about the language too. So the movie's called cruising because I don't know if it's still the thing, but that's apparently what you used to call it when you like went out looking for gay dudes to fuck. Mm. Now you just call it going out. But at the time, <laughs> right? It had or its staying own name. In, I think is what yeah. Really that's call true. It now. Yeah, um, you call it existing. Uh, but yeah so you you would go out and 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 try and and it, for some reason like the cadence of cruising makes it feel very predatory which is odd you yeah. know there's the scene um the scene where the police uh the first guy that he thanks movie the first guy he fingers um <laughs> so there's a
0: double police on en- double entendre yeah. double double entendres today
1: yeah. So he fingers a guy and then the police come in the police come too early he fingers a guy the police come too early wow and the guy just starts shouting he cruised me he cruised me <laughs> and i'm I didn't just like catch wait that.
0: that's so funny yeah yeah
1: it's like really i'm funny. like okay so it's like it's like an it's like a top and bottom it's like an active yeah, you're yeah, there's yeah. a cruiser and a cruisee sure uh it's it's very but but again all of this is is yeah, you know, I'm not from the '70s, and and all of this is through the language of the film, which I have to assume didn't do the most research about the gay scene. Yeah, yeah. They probably, based on the movie, I have to assume they did some because it feels like there's actually some uh, soft handedness to the whole thing and at first my i do have to say my my, at first my reaction was like oh sure all the gay guys are these leather daddies with their asses out but then i thought about it and that's actually probably true because in the 70s you were either that fucking out or in the closet there is no (laughs) there is no gay dude in a cardigan at a gay cafe that guy doesn't exist. Yeah, it's, either, it's, either, it's either like ass out getting full fisted by six dudes or in the closet. It's funny. I mean, they might've been the ones
0: picketing the film too. You know, this is a really odd movie for how much I think the very people that, that would champion the movie today mm-hmm. and go, oh, look, a, a early example of representation, let's say, were probably picketing the movie at the time. But it's hard to know. I mean, you, you read some of the stuff, I'll let people look into this themselves because I'm in um, no position of authority to, like you said, we weren't even born, so I don't know. But uh, I know it was really controversial when it came out because people were afraid that it would portray the scene poorly. But at the same time, all of the extras are apparently from the leather scene. So, you know, you do like, I don't know that William Freakin knows what he's talking about, but some amount of the portrayal is as accurate as, you know, as having extras from that background can can make it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think it's a miracle this was fucking made at all. I look at this today and I can't really understand, like it seems so explicit Mm how would this have enough audience to be a viable movie? It's, you know, like it's going to be too explicit to just like come out in theaters and just average vanilla people go
1: see it. It's funny because it feels super that compared to the other one this feels like super gritty New York, like mm-hmm. hella 42nd mm-hmm. Street New York. I'm like how is this not enabled for our movie?
0: Well, yeah, and you and you look at those little movies too and you th- especially the stuff that was in like porn theaters and I don't know how yeah. much business they were really doing, but the production values right. are not what this movie is. So, you know, I would not look at movies from 42nd Street and go, oh, yeah, we could do a, you know, if we could go back in time, if only we could go back in time, we could do a big budget version of one of these. Exactly. It would fail right. because who would go to see it? Mm-hmm. But the other thing is I think about, you know, like, like Frankie Goes to Hollywood and the Relax video mm-hmm. or the very clubs that this movie's about, I mean, are packed so mm-hmm. maybe there is enough. Of, I certainly, somebody somewhere thought,
1: oh yeah, you could make this movie. Warner Brothers <laughs> thought you but, could make this but, movie. But to go back to our journey too, the thing that's strange about that realization, because you're right, that is probably what happened, is they went, oh, there's an audience, there's an untapped market here. The thing that's weird is that the the obvious move is to do an exploitation movie about it. Mm-hmm. Because because then you're like really pandering. You don't get Al Pacino if you're trying to put gay asses in the seats. I mean, you might sure, sure for because Al Pacino obviously is is fuckable and murderable at the same time or whatever. That's like his niche. But I would if I were if I were trying to if I were trying to pack the house with the people who are packing the gay bars,
0: uh-huh. it
1: wouldn't look like cruising. But we do have... have, It wouldn't look uh, like
0: that. Okay, we have films, you know, look at De Palma films, right? Which are often looked at as these uh, kind of like elevated exploitation films. And they take a lot of what was successful in exploitation, except you get, you know, maybe a name actor in them, or they play a little bigger for some reason. So... Uh, i don't know i don't want to get i don't want to get too like pearl clutchy about like oh my god how did how was this even a product of our own earth because maybe you know maybe we can look back and go people were ready enough to see this movie that it was viable in some way i don 't know wouldn't I mean, that be nice? probably, wouldn't that be a nice that's way to probably look back the reality that 's all yeah. i can that's all
1: I can figure is that
0: that Here's another it's just, reality it, I could see is that nobody knew the movie was going to be this much, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody saw giant naked cowboy judo slapping and the police interrogation coming. Yeah, I mean-
1: I th- That was just a little- I think- That's just a little though, extra. It, the other thing about all of this that we alluded to at the top of the show is that like it's just a really fucking good movie. Like it is like mm-hmm. it is like an inarguably compelling movie. Like to the point where if I were, you know, the if I were the conservative producer who was trying to appeal to the biggest audience and someone was like, All right, so I'm I've got the first 15 minutes of the movie kind of like generally compiled. Let's take a look at it. I would be like, Oh shit, this is good. And then they're <laughs> like and then they come in the next day, they're like, here are the next five minutes, and it's just gay dudes fisting each other. I'll be like, oh, wait, hold on. And then they come back, and the next 10 minutes are back to that compelling crime story with this Pacino performance. I'd be like, okay, okay, I can, I'll forgive the fisting. Uh, just don't show it. And then the next 10 minutes are just gay dudes fucking grinding, you know, and it's it's almost like it just walks the line of like, yeah, we're gonna be like extremely gratuitous with a lot of this, but it's not I made it seem like it's it's like it's not comical. No. You know what I mean? Like well, may- it's, maybe it's, the it's intense. It's intense, but it is not maybe the judo slapping. Yeah. It's intense, but it's not it's not in a way where it feels like it's at the expense of the gay community. Before I forget, this is um, the
0: the reaction of like the reaction to the interrogation of like who is that guy uh, this was apparently based on like actual tactics this idea of having like something so undescribable like this nearly naked dude come in and kick a suspect around you know in a cowboy hat and leave and the idea was that no one would believe it happened later if the witness is like, yeah, and then a naked cowboy came in and beat the fuck out of me and then left. Mm -hmm. That's police brutality. People would be like, a naked cowboy did that just in the middle of the interrogation. Sure, that sounds very probable. I'm glad you like this because I do think a lot of people look at it and... and. I think maybe they're frustrated by the ending or they don't like that they don't know what to make of it or that it's not more straightforward. Mm -hmm. I was hooked from the second that Pacino, you know, he gets called in the office and what builds Enigma for me is the, the boss cop basically asks him, oh, uh, have you uh, had your dick sucked by a man, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, oh, gee, I'd never even thought of asking a man to do that. You must be joking. What a strange idea. He's got this ultimate innocence to him. But I guess the movie's unique in that his character kind of remains there. And I don't know, for a lot of people, maybe this makes it play worse, but we never get his character's like genuine reaction to... Uh, what is almost like shock cinema, right? Mm-hmm. We go into those clubs and it's like the camera's in a low shot just navigating the club by moving through bare ass after bare ass. So it knows it's, it's putting shock imagery in our faces. And then we see Pacino and he's just like, yep, this is the club. I, I guess I have the address right. This is the right club. There's no... Okay, so imagine a scene where we then cut to Pacino and his eyebrows are raised and he's like, oh, fuck, I didn't realize what I signed up for. Or a scene where he's like, wow, maybe this turns me on. Or just some kind of like, how does his character feel about being in a leather club? We don't really know. Mm -hmm. He just kind of plays this weird, it's like it's not even occurring to him what's happening. Mm -hmm. And that is a very, very strange I don't even know if it's necessarily the most effective way to do it, but it is very strange.
1: Well, it's it's so there's there's sort of a bookending aspect of the movie that that applies to this conversation, and one is that he's he's a fairly rubish as as a police officer goes. Mm-hmm. So like there there is that sort of general naivety to the the entire you could argue crime world but anything outside of what might be considered normal so there's a part of him that's like okay this is different but maybe it's not I don't you know he's yeah. he's basically growing as a person <laughs> is
0: this what all police work is like yeah. who knows um, really funny and
1: then there is of course the very last shot of the movie uh, that could be construed as <laughs> I mean there is a version of the movie where he goes oh shit I'm gay
0: yeah, yeah, or, or oh shit, I killed all those people. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, like, okay, so I have to ask the question I'm not supposed to, which is what I like to do in double feature. It's got an ambiguous uh, ambiguous ending, you know? It's like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, uh, you're you're supposed to probably just take that away and chew on it yourself. But I just want to ask what the fuck you think happened. Do you think they got the guy or not? No, I don't think so. Do, well, do you have a, like a canonical
1: worldview of what you think the- Write the police report you know, for me. Do you want to know what I actually think? Yeah. I think, you know, James Ramar's character, the roommate character. Yes. Yeah. I think he's killing everybody. Really? Why? Yeah. I think he, because I think he's killing all the people that interacted with his roommate because, I, you know, because. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Right? I think it's, I think it's a little, it's a little, so I married an axe murderer. Yeah, okay. I see what you mean. Um, but there is that clue. There's that one you're what is what does the the killer say? What is his very um black Christmasy? uh you did this, this was your decision or some shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that in that way, the only thing that I feel like I know for sure is that the killer is not gay. Well, it seems to kind of wrap in some of the
0: baggage of what they were the killer that they're trying to sell us, you know, that he's got these hang ups with his father. But obviously, the crimes continue after that. I, you know, I like entertaining this notion that it might even be Pacino's character because, you know, in the ending, his girlfriend puts on his gear, right. And once she puts on, the the fucking hat and glasses, she might as well be an Al Pacino lookalike. I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of part of this. Is, right.
1: I, I don't know why, but I thought that there was going to be like a, a, a bullet through the window to take her out while oh, she yeah. was in Al Pacino. I was like, oh, someone's going to take him. Well, it's funny because it's like- It's what another one of those movies where I thought there was going to be another hour and then it was over. This idea that what they're
0: hanging their hat on for the murders is really not much. It's sort of like, um, you know, it it could be seen as uh, maybe this almost sort of anti-police message that they're just Mm -hmm. painting with a broad brush. They're going, yeah, these people with like, oh, what do we know about the killer? He's got like, uh, I don't know, a hat and glasses and he really likes dicks. So go out there and find him. Right. But I have this kind of defeatist take on the ending, which is sort of like, I mean, I guess it's another anti-police thing, right? But the movie tries to wrap all these killings under one heading. Mm-hmm. And the reality of the film is just like, just because there's a gay angle to a bunch of killings in the biggest fucking city in the United States doesn't mean it's all one guy doing it. Sure, you know. Sure. So they're like, ah, oh, we got the kills gay people killer. And then another right. gay person dies. They're like, damn it.
1: Now gay New York is safe.
0: Yeah, they're like, ah, oh, I guess we got the wrong one. It's like, there could be many. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, this movie coming out and, and just thinking about, well, like thinking about the AIDS crisis, right? Right. And just the kind of lack of like something out there, let's say a serial killer in this movie is killing gay people at clubs left and right. Mm-hmm. And there's just this kind of silver bullet strategy that's like, oh, we got the guys doing it. That won't happen anymore. Don't worry, I'll say, please stop bothering us. And you know, and then we wind up back on the boat at the end of the movie. You know, with maybe body parts still showing up in the river. It's like this is a this is a larger problem than the narrow minded, you know, bit of just find the guy who all these clues connect, and then we've then we've solved it. Mm-hmm. I will say that there's uh, this all reads a lot into it, and there a... Is, is, uh, There's 40 minutes cut out of this movie.
1: See, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the movie could have gone a lot longer. This is, uh,
0: the 40 minutes that's missing of this is like the stuff a legend. Uh, There's even a movie inspired by it. I think it's called Interior Leather Bar. Oh. Do you know this movie? No. I think that's the name of it. Um, I should have looked it up before we did this, but it's a James Franco movie that's about a uh, film crew trying to recreate the 40 minutes of supposedly lost or destroyed footage. I don't know. It's I haven't seen it. Interesting. Um, but it is so legendary that it's like the the premise of another fictional movie, right? But there's a debate over what's in it because a lot of people think that it shows Pacino's descent into the culture, that it reveals something more about like his psyche or what's going on. You, uh, that maybe it it gets more into because you get this moment, right? Where he's he comes home and he's having troubles with his girlfriend, his very straight girlfriend that he's totally having Mm -hmm. straight sex with, right? Even straighter sex after he goes to the gay clubs, yeah. But you know, there's that scene, right? And then, um, and stuff isn't going well at home, but you know, he shows up and he talks to a fucking boss cop man. And he, he's basically like, my whole fucking life is falling apart. I'm coming apart at the seams. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, like, well, how do we get there? What exactly is the, mm. the psychological, like, what's going on with Pacino's character? Has he fucked a couple dudes by this point? I always feel like when we get to a scene, like, where they break in and... He's about to have sex with the guy and he's like tied up and they're they're nearly they're like moments before intercourse. Mm-hmm. This is another moment where I'm like, it should this be weird for? Pacino's character, should he be like, right. wow, the first time this is, ha- or is this like, he's done this like six well, times but now?
1: The, but he's also like, hey, too soon, too right. soon,
0: was, we weren't <laughs> quite ready. Right, right, his reaction is just sort of, again, oblivious, oblivious that gay <sighs> sex is even like any kind of abnormality to him, Yeah, which for the time and place and his station in life should be like a big fucking deal as a character, mm-hmm. so... Um, but you know, the, the missing 40 minutes, whatever it is, like this movie has a lot of enigma to it that, that makes it really interesting to me. We got to get out of here.
1: Yeah. Uh, we have a website. It's doublefeature.fm. We have the Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash double feature. By this point, you know, but if you don't know, some people on the Patreon have earned themselves the status of executive producers. Uh, Here's like half of them. Charles Crawford, Ben Acker, Brad Parker, and Joachim
0: Vernon. Patreon.com forward slash double feature.
1: Tune in next week and find out who the other half of them are. Ooh, there's a mystery. A little mystery you'll get to. um, But also tune in next week because uh, we have a uh, kids do bad things double feature. (laughs) We're going to do a French film called Nocturama. And a, uh, oh, I'm gonna get the fucking country wrong. Chilean? I got you, man, it's Colombia. Oh, it's Colombian, thank yeah, you. A Colombian that. film called Monos. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I highly recommend watching both of these movies and watching some like young kids just misbehave. It's just like, yeah, you, you rascals. <laughs> adolescent misbehavior. It's a little, it's a rascally kid double feature. All right. uh, next time, watch more fucking film. Bye.